Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Italian Impact Weekly. My name is Claudio Relsano, and Steve Mancini is still in Italy, and we look forward to having Steve back, I believe, next week. So uh, he'll definitely have some stories for us. We're excited to have Steve back. We miss him, believe it or not. But uh, we have a very special guest today, which we will get to in a minute. But first, we want to thank our wonderful sponsors, Greater Pittsburgh Travel and McKee's Rocks. Please call them at 412-331-2244. They're the ones who set up Steve's trip to Italy, so they can obviously set up uh, events like that, local, all kind of things. And they're great people, so check them out. Pellucci Plumbing in Lawrenceville, call them at 412-782-5050. The Calabria Club, call Dominica Gulli at 412-471-6790. La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilee, call Angela at 412-404-8269. And you will hear their commercials during our show. And of course, the Italian uh, Sports Hall of Fame, which has their annual banquet, the 36th annual banquet, uh, next Wednesday, August 2nd. Is that next Wednesday, Joe? Yeah, August 2nd. Yeah, whatever that is. It's at uh, Lamont Restaurant. Uh, so check that out. That'll be a lot of fun. And of course, um, uh, remember, Steve and I started a new company, Empire Media Ventures. Uh, if you're looking to host your own podcast, give us a call. You can check us out at crsmmedia.com. Um, and uh, again, for the Tan Impact Weekly, we're always looking to promote uh, businesses. If you're looking to have a commercial spot, please get in touch with us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. We'll have some more spots later with for my book and some TV shows that I'm doing. You know, I promote the heck out of myself, which is a good thing. But we have a very special guest, as I said. I coached this young man from 94 to 96 when I was an assistant coach at Duquesne University. This young man would go through a wall underneath it, sideways over top of it, and I'm not shocked at all of his success outside of baseball. And, and, and more important than that, he's a great, great person. Um, I hit it off with him from day one. Wonderful family man. He is the office manager and partner of Wessel & Company, which he will go into more. Mr. Dominic Perry. Dom, thank you so much for being on our show today. Wow, thanks, Coach. I'm uh, flattered by your kind words. Don't and know that I deserve them all, but I'm, I'll, I'll take the uh, compliments when I can get them. No, you sure. do deserve them, and then some. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being serious about that. Uh, like I said, for whatever reason, you and I hit it off uh, from from day one, and I was I was blessed to have a, a great group of uh, young men, and and you and I still keep in touch, and I'm I'm glad that that's the case for sure. But uh, yeah. Don, we'll start off. Uh, first of all, we always like to uh, start off with where's your fa- where are you from, and, and where's your family from in Italy? Oh, great, great question. Uh, so I grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. You know, not far from our great city of Pittsburgh. Here, roughly two and a half hours for those unfamiliar. Um, my family uh, emigrated from Sicily and um, arrived via New York to Johnstown basically uh, because of the great steel industry that was there in the early 1900s. So uh, plenty of jobs, um, coal miners and steel workers predominantly. And, um, you know, my great-grandfather, who I got to know well, uh, was a steel worker, Michael. Um, he and his wife, Frances, set up shop, like I said, via New York, uh, had some family in the Johnstown area, and then moved there for the opportunity. And um, they had... Um, six kids. So they had 
my grandfather, Dominic, who my namesake, um, was the oldest. He had a brother, Sam, Ernie, um, and then they had two daughters, one Vita and um, one who became a Carmelite nun, Sister Mary Grace. Mm. They, um, they were big family people, uh, lots, lots of people around all the time. We all lived in the same, same big blue-collar neighborhood. It was actually down the street from the steel mill. Uh, in a neighborhood called Moxham. And um, and then there was another uh, child. They actually, um, friends of theirs in the neighborhood, uh, also Italian, they uh, had an accident. Both parents um, passed, and uh, they had, they took in their their, uh, their daughter, Dolly. So there was, you know, Aunt Dolly was an adopted member of the family, but uh, she was, you know, one of their kids. They just took her right in. So I think that's how it was in those days. They, they looked out for one another, which is... Uh, really nice um, life lesson, right? Sure. Now, it, it sounds like you guys were all very, very close, and I'm assuming you got together. And, yeah. and how did that impact your life, uh, your, your life period as a student, as, a, as, as an athlete, as a coach, as, as a, uh, a, a, you know, professional? Oh, geez, it was just, you know, I think it's a, a, another great life lesson was just the intentional use of time. You know, Sundays were the same. You know, it was... Uh, you know, grandma's house, you know, pastina soup to start, you know, <laughs> bread that my uncles picked up after church, pasta, meatballs, always cookies after, always yeah. cookies, a lot of cookies, like like 100 a kid. Um, you know, backyard was, you know, throw the baseball, turned into a game of rundown with the uncles, grandpa, you know, so there was a lot of that routine that just never got old, you know, and um, they just, that was, you know, that was, um something that probably our generation could learn something from, you know, we, our Sundays have turned into, you know, kids practices and games and they don't, there's not that sacred reserve of family time um, that there once was. And, you know, and and they weren't door dashing food. They weren't eating out every night. Their (laughs) lives were, you know, work and home every night. So Sunday was like their fun day. Right. And, and we felt that that was, that was something that was palatable. Like when you went there, it was joy. Right. So, um, yeah, and I think that's something that's really carried with me in business because, um, you know, uh, we'll take it to baseball. Let's, you know, go to Duquesne since you mentioned that. Um, you know, those guys and us, we were family, you know. Sure. And I think for a lot of us, you know, we had coaches that were older and well-respected in high school and summer leagues and stuff. But, like, you know, guys like you and, you know, Mike Wilson and even like the older coach, you know um, – Coach Fry oh, from the city. Uh, from Fry, Coach Fry. Yeah, I could see him, but my his uh, name was escaped me. You guys were just relatable, and we're part of that family and that culture built. And we we went to church together, we ate together, we went to Pirates yeah. games together, and it was it was like another Italian family at Duquesne, you know. And then you know now carrying that to business, um, we I, I like to spend time with our clients. You know, I'm intentional about doing that. Um, COVID was hard for me because I I'm not great with virtual meetings. I like to sit down and have coffee. You know, our employees were in and out doing virtual work and things like that. And, you know, I, I like to get everybody together and have lunch. Um, you know, one of our employees is, um, is getting married soon, just announced. And, you know, I said, well, that's cause for uh, a lunch tomorrow. We got to break down some game film on that. And, you know, we got to hear the story. So um, I think that, that, that intentional Sunday time has carried with me for 50 years now, you know, I'm almost 50. So, um, wow. Are you almost uh, 50? Boy, that made me feel. Like, a yeah. Old. I'm almost died. I shouldn't have said that, man. I feel like, oh, geez, 
Uh, I'll anyway, be 59 uh, in October. I'll yeah. be 59 <laughs> in October, but I didn't know it was wow. we were that close in age. Okay, but no, you don't look a day over 58. I've seen you live, and you're. <laughs> um, no, but you know that time is is something I I kind of miss with. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, sometimes my wife and I try to be intentional with our extended family, sure. even with our own family of five. You know, we have three kids. Uh, my wife, Tracy, and, and our three kids live in Gibsonia, just north of Pittsburgh. Um, kids all went through Pine Ridgeland School District. And, you know, it's busy. There's practice and there's no, um, there's no sacred Sundays anymore, which is, uh, you know, something we try to battle. But uh, we're probably losing. You know, that's something that um, when you said that, like with my team, and I didn't – I. Use the word intentional, and and I I get that and I like that. Like with my team, I don't know how used to they, they weren't used to somebody in the leadership capacity or coach capacity being the way I am. You know, uh, mm-hmm. caring, talking to them, asking, hey, how's your how's your parents doing or how's your sister doing, whatever. And 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 I know they appreciate it. And I'm not being fake about it. It's you know it's just the way I am. And, uh, and they do appreciate it. And you're right. We, we go to pirate games and they asked me to go to pirate games. I, one of my players got married. My, one of my current players got married two years ago and I was surprised mm-hmm. that he invited me. I said, Oh, wow. That's very nice. It meant the world to me. But you know, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. I seen a lot of coaches, Dom, um, arguing with their players and getting mad. And, and I'm sure you've heard of the one university, uh, in the Midwest, that the co- the baseball coach, the players went to the AD and say, "Hey, we want him out of here because he's just browbeating us constantly." And, and I never understood wow. that. You know why? Uh, you know why? Like, obviously, you know, I wrote the book and I asked several players, including you, to write a little something. And I was just blown away by the kind things you guys said. And why would I want somebody to say something negative about me? You know, um, so you right. you do try to get that closeness and and. Um, but I think it, my point is it stemmed back from the closeness of the family, my, my family, how they were. And it just carried over to me coaching. And like you said, in business and everything else, that's why I made that made that point. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, I mean, all those comments were well-deserved. Uh, I got to Thank see you. some of them. And it is a, a tribute to the time you spent with us. I mean, you wanted to get to know not only just, uh, you know, what's your favorite color and what do you grab at the cafeteria? Like... <laughs> You know, you wanted to hear about our, our, our families and, you know, what was, what was bothering us at school, what was troubling us on the field, what was, you know, basically keeping us from being the best version of ourselves. And that was, that was a fresh concept in that day. I mean, that was not the uh, traditional high school coach up against the locker screaming at you kind of <laughs> stuff that I think a lot of us grew up in. Yeah. It wasn't. And it was personal and it was cerebral and um, – it was appreciated, and I think we could feel the difference, you know, and it made us all feel like family, as I mentioned. It, it, was, it was a special time. I, I've been lucky. I was just telling yeah. somebody at dinner the other day, um, I, I just had the, the best guys to coach. All the, This is my 40th year in coaching uh, at several different schools, but uh, I, I was just so lucky, and it just made my, my – it wasn't a job. I mean, I enjoyed seeing you guys, and it, if, if things were tough for me for one reason or another, you guys were always – you know, supportive and all that, and I always appreciated that. But um, now, well, something I'm, we, oh, I'm we sorry. had some world class characters on those teams. Oh yeah, so yeah. There was always there was always a couple laughs involved, which actually helped. The, you know, everybody stay. You know, baseball's a tough game, right? You're gonna fail a lot. That's you're for gonna, sure. You know, rethink things. You're gonna go back. Oh, I should have swung at that one. I should have swung at that one. I 
should have thrown. You know, so I think keeping it loose and, and uh, you know, knowing you have, like, literally family sitting next to you, you know, your brother's on the team, your brothers that are coaches, makes it um, makes it easy. You know, yeah. makes it easy. Well, makes it easier. It's a hard game. Sure. It makes it easier. Let's say that. And the great thing is you guys are all extremely successful today, which is no shock to me. But um, and, and I'm proud of each and every one of you on the field and off for sure. But um, well, tell us you. about the 17-year-old Don Perry. What were your goals and dreams in life? Oh, wow. Well, you know, number one, I just I love to play baseball. You know, I love to talk about it. I love to think it. Um, it was just such a part of my life growing up. All sports, but especially baseball was, you know, my first love. So just coming in there, my goal was to just play. I, I would have done anything, played any position. I would have, you know, I'm a terrible singer. I would have... <laughs> Dang the Star Spangled Banner, the National Anthem, whatever they needed to just get in at bat. So that was my primary concern. Um, you know, school was school. Was school. Um, I, I, I never really uh, was like a Rhodes Scholar, and I was uh, never really struggled with school. So I, I was more concerned with the baseball piece coming in. And, you know, my goal was to, you know, enjoy this time, you know, try to earn some playing time. And then, you know, obviously then get a good job after and, and, you know, try to maybe do some things different than, you know, as I mentioned, I grew up in a very, very blue collar family. Um, you know, times in Johnstown were great, as I mentioned, for like my great grandfather, uh, for my grandfather, because that was Boomtown in the steel industry. Right. Sure. Uh, they were basically rebuilding the world in America all at the same time. So then, you know, you flash forward to like when I was a little kid in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, these mills shut tight. All the work went overseas. And um, towns like Johnstown became virtual ghost towns. And, you know, where tens of thousands were employed, now there's like, you know, everything shuttered. The supporting businesses all closed. So, so it got a little tough in the 80s, you know, leading up to like when I came to school in 92, um, 93, the years 92, 93, um, you know, I wanted something a little different. Uh, I was hoping to get a good job and, and have maybe a life that had a little more in it in terms of, you know, personal wealth, belongings, stuff, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. you know, so, so that was, that was 17 year old, you know, coming to the big city, wide eyed guy. <laughs> That's where I was. Why Duquesne? Um, you know, I went to a really small high school and, um, I looked at some bigger schools and I was a little overwhelmed. Like my high school graduating class was uh, 103 mm. and that was a big year for our high school. I think now they're in the, you know, like the sixties and seventies, uh, in terms of graduating numbers. Um, and I, I wanted something that was a little bigger, but I didn't want to feel like I was like dropped in the middle of the ocean, you know, not to knock any schools, but like to me, like, you know, like. 30,000 people seemed, you know, from a 17 year old small town kid, that seemed like, wow, I'm going to, you know, like the middle of this mass sea of people. So I know it's really not like that, but that was my perception at the time. So Duquesne was like, you know, I grew up Catholic at the Catholic school. I went to Catholic high school. That, that was a big plus. Uh, you know, campus is really beautiful, but it's small. You, you, you know, everybody that I went there that was, everyone that I knew that went there that was older, told me, you know, you know everyone's name. The teachers know your name. If you have an issue, small classrooms, you just, they'll stay after with you. So that really appealed to me, that it was bigger, obviously in a much bigger city, uh, you know, cool end of town, nice campus, 
And, you know, oh, by the way, I got to play baseball. That was a big key for me. Uh, but it seemed like the right size fit. And, you know, looking back, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I think that it was the perfect fit for me at that time based on just my, you know, emotional uh, maturity. Tell us a little bit about your baseball life there and and then your student life. Uh, yeah, well, you know, student life was great because, like I said, I felt a lot of support from teachers. We missed a lot of school in the spring. Uh, people would meet with us Saturday morning. Teachers, that is, people um, meet with us Saturday mornings. They would stay after. They would come to study hall. I mean, they, there was there was a real community family feeling there. Um, so my student life, I didn't feel like I, I never felt like I was uh, I was falling. You know, so um, I, I felt like I even if I you know got a little behind with baseball because we we're on the road for an extended period of time or spring trip or a conference weekend, I never felt like I was you know like grasping and, you know, trying to, trying to, um, make up ground that I couldn't cover. Um, that part was great. Um, you know, my grades were always pretty good there. So I think that's a testament to how much those people wanted us to succeed, you know? So that was, that was something you could feel as well. You know, baseball wise, I was lucky to get to play. Um, you know, I, as I mentioned, I would, I would play anywhere. So, uh, I think the coaches, Realized that I played, you know, kind of a utility role, played some outfield, played some infield. I mean, got to play in the very first game that I was ever, you know, there for our opener that year against, uh, you know, I'll never forget it, UNC Asheville. So I was proud of that and happy with that. And I felt like I, um, you know, took some other things I learned from childhood, just, you know, lead by uh, being the person that picks up the shovel, you know, uh, being the servant leader by being the, um, you know, person who maybe just does stuff that, no one else wants to do when no one, no one else is looking, you know, I think people notice those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I think really in like as, as soon as year two, definitely in year three, I felt like I really had a, a leader role because I, I, I never believed in that, like that hazing, like sophomores are better than freshmen, no. juniors are better than sophomores. <laughs> I always felt like we were in the same boat. So like the incoming freshmen, when I was a sophomore, you know, what do you need? How can we help you? Like, you know, where are your pitfalls? Maybe it was scheduling. Maybe it was, you know, I don't know what to do now. I don't know where to do my laundry. I felt like we always took the next underclass in and then it became like a thing. So by the time I was a senior, it was really, um, you know, everybody was on the, the, the same level playing field in terms of, you know, their ability to contribute, their ability to take a, a role in leadership, whether it was for one game or extended periods or, or whatever. Um, I, I felt like it was a really, really good experience. You know, sometimes we were uh, right there in the thick of things. You know, other times we would go on slumps, but that's, you know, like the ups and downs of baseball. And we were a young team. My recruiting class was really big. Uh, I think we had 13, and some of the other classes had some guys in and out for different reasons, um, you know, grades transfer. Uh, uh, so uh, we were a big class, and we kind of grew up together. And, you know, by the time we were there, I felt like we were really competitive. Um, we were battling the teams that were the top in the conference then the George, you know, back then it was the George Washington, uh, you know, Rutgers was in our conference. VT had made a pit stop in our conference. Temple. So, um, you know, yeah. Temple was always a battle. UMass. Yeah, I mean, so, it was so a very some, good conference. Yeah, UMass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Xavier, you know, we could keep going on. Though. Rhode Island. You know, everybody was, uh, everybody was a tough, everybody was a tough house. St. Joe's. I mean, St. they were Joe's, all good. Yeah. 
No, so, the A-10 baseball was very, very competitive. I Not that I was surprised when mm-hmm. I got involved. I, I just – it was just really good. And like you said, tough outs. And then we played pit, everything like that. But, uh, you know, we, we mm-hmm. hung in there with everybody. If we didn't beat them, they knew they were in a game for sure. Right. Yeah, right, for sure. Now, what were your goals before we go to our break? What were your goals after you graduated? So you're done with school. Um, you know, what were your goals? And uh, we'll get to your first job after the break. But uh, what did you have in mind that you wanted to do? Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you this, and it probably one leads to the next uh, question. Um, you know, as I was ready to graduate, I started thinking about, you know, of course I had to support myself. Uh, of course that I, you know, I needed to make a good living, and that that was important. Not much different from when I was, you know, entering school. But I also started thinking about, you know, is there a way that I could give back? You know, I had received a lot. Um, is there a way I could give back, still be gainfully employed, and do something I love? Like, I was trying I was trying to sort out as a now, like, 21-year-old, um, how, how do I marry those three things? Mm-hmm. And that probably leads us to our next question. So maybe I'll, you know, you had mentioned – um, talking about my my first job, yeah, first so I job. Think that yeah. trying to marry those three leads to the first job. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about that that first job. But first, we're going to hear again from our great sponsors: Greater Pittsburgh Travel and McKee's Rocks, Pellucci Plumbing, the Calabria Club, La Scuola de Galileo Galilei, uh, the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Again, banquet August second at the Lamont Restaurant. Uh, give that a look. There's still some tickets available. And if you're looking to sponsor a show, if you're looking to uh, get some commercials out for your business company, send us an email at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And Steve and I started another company, Empire Media Ventures. You can go to crsmmedia.com and uh, we can host your show there. And so that's a a good thing to do for sure. Uh, Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not to Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field in the Office. You can get it at Barnes & Noble and Robinson. Still a few copies left. BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, and of course on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com. The Boxing Authorities TV's best boxing show with Luther Dupree Jr., Smoking Jim Frazier, and myself. Check us out on Channelbox, WBC.VIVETV Network. And also the other show I do, the Claudio Relsano Show, where I interview some great guests like Jerry Cooney, Mario Andretti, Vince Papali, Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Roman Gabriel, Sid Bream. You can check it out again on ClaudioRelsano.com. Another podcast that I do, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association. We've had a lot of great Pennsylvania basketball people on that show. Check us out at PABCA-org.com. No, no, yeah, let me get that over. pabca org org okay no.com uh then our new show with steve mancini talking business and life with claudio relsano and steve mancini check that show out on crsmmedia.com and what else is that it joe hill our wonderful producer i'm always promoting something here okay and if you miss any of those shows you can go to italianimpactweekly.com and crsmmedia.com we'll be right back with dom perry thanks to greater pittsburgh travel For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know, and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. 
and we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. That's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. Okay, welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly. Our very special guest is a great young man that I coached years ago at Duquesne University when I was an assistant there, Mr. Dominic Perry. Dominic, tell us about your first job out of Duquesne University. Well, first job uh, couldn't have been better because, um, you know, it kind of set up the rest of my life. Um, I had the chance meeting of a, a guy. So uh, let me back up by one. Um, I started becoming interested in coaching because of my love for baseball. So um, I don't know if you remember, you were coaching the Keystone Games yep. uh, summer, I think, after my junior year. Yep. And you said, uh, well, if you're interested, come along. I can use your help. <laughs> You know, so, you know, basically jumped in the uh, jumped in the wagon. And here we here we go to I think it was in Hershey. Yes, it if was. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed coach. I think I coached first base. was yep. helping some guys with some hitting little <laughs> tips on approach. Nothing crazy. Throwing some batting practice. And I just thought, like, wow, this is this is cool. So then, um, you know, I'm doing some uh, work still at Duquesne, some grad work because I had redshirted. So I was still playing. I uh, started working uh, as a volunteer assistant with the Alderdice team um, in Squirrel Hill. Loved that. Had a great experience. Loved working with the kids. And chance meeting, uh, you know, it's, life is just it's so funny this way. If you, if you, if you pay attention, you'll, you'll get the signs, right, um, just like in baseball. Sure. You know, I, I meet this guy named Howard Bullard. He's a princi- assistant principal at Taylor Alderdice, and he is the basketball coach track coach, uh, probably 10 other things. I meet him. I start talking to them, to him. And he says, um, Hey, you know, I'm going to, to Fox Chapel next year as the assistant superintendent. You should come with me. And I said, uh, well, sounds like fun Uh, doing what and where is it? You know, because I'm not from Pittsburgh. So I'm like, okay. So he said, well, it's much different. You know, he describes it. And I said, well, that sounds amazing. You know, and at the time, they were really in need of math and science teachers. So um, I went through sort of a, you know, with this, you know, man's guidance, he says, you know, you should really check this out. I think you'd be a great fit. I see how you interact with the kids. I see how you interact with people. You know, you'd get to do what you love and, uh, you know, actually it pays, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good job. So um, I said, sure, I signed up. Uh, first job, Fox Chapel Area Middle School, uh, eighth grade teaching um, advanced kids, different courses, and then finally landed in eighth grade teaching regular math, coached the middle school baseball team. So I'm, you know, as happy as can be. And um, that's actually, talk about the stars lining up, where I met my wife now, who was a teacher, Tracy, um, in the seventh grade at Dorseyville Middle School in Fox Chapel School District. So, um, you know, they're happy working um, within that five-year time frame. We get married, start talking about having a family, and then, you know, like anything, your your goals kind of shift because your needs and priorities shift, right? So um, I start thinking about, um, you know, is this, a, is this 
can support my family for the rest of my life and just sort of doing some soul searching. Like, is this where I'm supposed to be long term? This was great. I felt like a kid. I was like, you know, basically playing baseball every day after school with uh, with my team. Right. Like I'm out there throwing BP, helping them hit. You know, we're we're having a good time. Very family atmosphere. Um, teachers were great. You know, one of my business my role models, you know, but you could take a lot of business lessons from uh, the way he ran the school was the principal, Bob Chapetta. Um, he was, you know, talk about a servant leader. This guy's in the hall. This guy gets the games. This guy is, knows everyone's name, teacher, kid, parent, um, you know, dynamic speaker when he got in front of people. And it wasn't because he was, you know, a, a great orator. It was just because he was just this down to earth guy who was relatable. And everyone respected him because they, they, again, he was very intentional about his time, stopping, looking you in the eye, talking, getting to know you, you know. So, um, so I was having a blast. Uh, long term, you know, I, I started thinking, you know, where do I want to be? Am I using all my talents? Am I in the space I'm supposed to be? And an opportunity presented itself, and I moved over to Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So my wife and I get married. We're expecting our first child. You know, this is uh, so Sam, 20 years ago, was born, just turned 20 in May. Wow. He's actually now, speaking of how, uh, you know, old I'm getting, he's a rising junior at the University of South Carolina. He's back in Pittsburgh this summer doing an internship at um, 93.7 The Fan Morning Show. So he's a sports lover, business major. Um, but, you know, right around when he was, you know, about to be born, um, you know, I said, Hey, I think I need a bigger job. And, you know, I want to provide a little more than maybe I had for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, probably what a lot of young people think, right? So I make the leap, uh, you know, it's kind of a leap of faith because I, I really didn't know a lot about the medical industry. Um, but again, I, you know, I felt like I was pretty good with people. So I, I felt like, you know, this opportunity presented itself. I think things will work out. So, um, my wife goes on leave, Sam's born and, um, about uh, maybe a year and a half later, um, Sam and Joe are pretty close in age, 20 months apart. So my wife's on leave. Now we're expecting who becomes Joe. So Joey just graduated from Pine Ridgeland. Um, but uh, then we started thinking about our long-term plans. And my wife said, you know, I think daycare for two probably outweighs my teaching salary. Uh, you know, my dream has been to stay home. So, um, you know, I'm working at Pfizer and I say, well, I think I can supplement the difference by you know, helping people out in CPA firms. So, um, you know, I started getting some side work. Um, her grandfather, um, Marshall Rossetti, another one of my um, business, um, you know, role models, I'll say, uh, was a CPA, a self-starter. I started helping him on Saturdays. And I think that's where, you know, the seed of uh, maybe being an entrepreneur and maybe going off on my own was born. But um, did that for a little while, um, doing the, you know, Pfizer uh, uh, helping people out on Saturdays and Sundays, working a little extra time to make um, up the difference. And, you know, my wife's staying home. Um, and, uh, you know, that brings me to sort of where we are today. And when did you know that you wanted to own your own business? Well, you know, I kind of mentioned, so I started thinking, you know, um, I, 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 I started thinking that, uh, this was maybe the role I would take going forward because of, you know, some of the conversations I had with, um, with Marshall and his CPA business. And he was really dialed into small businesses and how he could, be, I mean, he was basically like, 
you know, uh, an adjunct CFO, if you will. Like he was actually supporting the businesses and consulting them. He was way, way more than a tax preparer. He was way, way more than here's what your, you know, payroll is this month. So, um, and I really liked that. And, you know, I was starting to get some of these kind of cast off businesses that big firms didn't want. And, um, you know, these small businesses, they, they needed a lot of help. They had great ideas. They were great workers. Maybe the accounting side, the book side, that wasn't their thing. Uh, maybe it was their, you know, entity set up that they had no idea. It might as well have been a different language then. So that's right. I, I felt like I could bring some value. And as time went on, as I enjoyed that more, um, another chance, uh, you know, I'm reading the Pittsburgh Business Times and I see an ad for a small business that's for sale. Um, two retiring partners. I make a phone call. I drive out to meet them. And I thought this could be something. So I just did a little research. I talked to my wife and my wife basically said, you know what? Our kids are little. We have no means. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't understand that, that uh, they'd be losing out if we had to, you know, sell our home because I, I actually remortgaged my house to have the money to buy this business. So we've more than, Split our chips into the middle of the table. Sure. I mean, we were all in. And my wife was my biggest supporter. She said, this is what you want to do. I'm in. Let's go. And if we've got to move and we got to sell the house and we got to start over in an apartment, we, we've been there. Let's do it. So we bought this small business and that's sort of the start of the accounting world for me. I started taking, you know, with the, with the core of the business that I bought um, and the clients that I had gained through these, you know, little referrals. Um, you know, I kind of married the two and set up shop and, um, the business that I purchased had a presence in kind of like east of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So we had an office out in Greensburg, still there. And, um, I set up an office in what well, was Warrendale. Now we're in Cranberry, but, uh, it's our first office in Pitts in the Pittsburgh area was Warrendale. So, uh, so off and running, you know, here we are, we're Perry and company. We are, uh, you know, team of, uh, I don't know, two, <laughs> three at the start, uh, one full-timer, one part-timer, uh, me running around crazy, um, six days at least, um, you know, tons of time. But um, I felt like it was where I was supposed to be. And, um, you know, um, I still, <clears throat> excuse me, had the flexibility to, um, you know, make sure I was present for my family. Uh, what's nice is technology allows that. You know, we had... VPN. I could come home from dinner, see the kids, uh, you know, hang out with them for a while. And then they went to bed and, you know, now it's 10, 30, 11 and I'm back to work and it's, you know, uh, a, a lot of time. And, um, and again, I, I, same principles. I was just intentional about getting to know these people that were my clients and that was something that stood out to them. So yeah. they referred their friends and they referred other businesses like themselves. And that's, you know, we just kept growing. A lot of people, the old saying is they see the baby, but they don't see the, the labor pains. Um, you know, it wasn't yeah. easy for you to get from point A to point B. You know, it, and it wasn't fun and games. And you had to take a huge risk, as you did, and, and you had great support uh, from your wife. And uh, another old saying, uh, an old Italian saying, if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know he didn't get there alone. And, and um, you know, obviously, <laughs> Tracy, uh, that, that was a big move. On, on her part, but, um, and, and I'm so happy that things did work out for you, obviously, but talk about some of the obstacles that you had to overcome, 
that maybe kept you up at night? Besides, obviously, working hard, what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome? Because there's a lot of people out there listening well, to this that are starting businesses, and and you know they're going to be going through a lot of the things that you went through. And and how did you deal with them? Yeah. Well, you know, first and foremost was the technology piece. So, you know, I was coming into the digital era. I was coming into the paperless era, right? Everything needed to be supported in the cloud. That was just sort of taking off. Um, I, you know, as most firms, this isn't a knock on the predecessors of that business, but, you know, they were all paper. They were all, um, you know, work papers were in pencil. They were, you know, they were a lot of um, old school, we'll say, sure. right? So digitizing that business was a big challenge. And, you know, now, you know, maybe someone would say, well, the things are digitized. We're past that. Having the right technology for the business that you're in is really important. And that can be that can become outdated really quickly. So having not only the right technology, but the right systems in place, the right checks and balances. Like, could you step away from this machine and would it run itself like for a day? You know, could you put the process in motion and could the technology help you? Um, that's big and that's never changing. And that's, that was an obstacle then it was a big obstacle then. And it's an obstacle now we're, you know, West Zone company. We just, we just had a massive change this summer to continue to migrate our, you know, different applications and our different softwares into, you know, one, you know, finally working machine. Right. So, um, I think it's a constant battle. So, but that was obstacle one for me was the technology. Right. And then part two was, you know, we've got to sustain this thing. And keep it growing. Um, so that means, you know, in, in my case, I was doing the business development. I was out, you know, trying to meet with people. I was trying to get to know the existing client, existing clients. I was trying to get to know, you know, referral sources and new clients. Um, and then, you know, I had to come home and do the work too, right? So it wasn't like I was just in that one capacity. I was taking on multiple capacities because we we're just getting started. It was necessary, right? So, um, you know, I think that if you're going to go into business, it's extremely rewarding. It can be, um, it can be great, but you ha you can't go in thinking, you know, I'm going to roll ten to two, and then I'm going to hit nine every day after work. Like it just doesn't work like that. You know, it just doesn't work like that. So um, I think you have to be prepared to work early and work often. And I think that your personal life is going to be a mess if you don't find a way to balance your schedule between your family and work. And, you know, that means you're probably going to carve into your sleep a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, so um, you're, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have some late nights and some early mornings. How did you handle the word no and any other frustrations that you encountered? Well, you know, you hear no a lot, right? You, you spend a lot of time. Um, you think maybe you've earned the business. You think you have good rapport. And then maybe somebody says, you know, I think I'm just going to go with this other firm who's just a little bit bigger. I think they have more people. I think they have better capabilities, you know, so that was hard early um, because you've invested all this time, like in a lot of things, right? We all have that in our jobs. You feel like, boy, I, you know, I put so much effort into this and it's, it's not going anywhere. Right. So um, you basically, you know, it's like a, it's like a strike three in baseball, right? You have to forget about it. You have to pretend that the next pitch is your first pitch in the next at bat, and you have to move on quickly, right? Because, you know, we've all seen it in baseball. If we're going to make that, uh, you know, kind of our core analogy, you could be 0 for 4, but in the bottom of the ninth, you may be needed 
for, you know, that one hit and you go from, you know, four strikeouts, that one hit, you're the hero. So you got to be ready for that opportunity. If you're sulking and pouting about the nose, about the strikeouts, there's no way that you'll be mentally present to hit the, hit the ball in the bottom of the ninth when you're needed the most. So I think you have to be really thick skinned and you have to be really mentally tough to put the nose aside and be ready for the next opportunity. Do you remember much the, easier said than done? Oh, that's for sure. Do you remember the name World Be Free, Lloyd Free, the basketball player? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. And he was a gunner. I mean, he'd get that ball and he'd fire it. But they asked him one time, what's your yeah. best attribute as a shooter? And I'll never forget this. He said, a lousy memory. You know, I mean, he, he would airball one. He'd miss six in a row. He didn't care. He'd just give me it again. I'm shooting again. And and that's true in life and in business because you're going to get no a lot. I know some people, Dom, and I'm sure you do as well, that won't try anything because they're afraid mm-hmm. to to fail or they won't want to meet someone because they're afraid they're going to get dogged. And, and you know, you, you have to go after it like you did uh, for sure. And, and I appreciate what you said. But um, now, how did the merger with Wessel and Company happen, and why? Well, yeah, uh, great question. So, um, all my questions are great, Dom. Yeah, yeah, they are. You're right. Actually, this is this is uh, this is really good. I enjoy I enjoy walking down memory lane here. My two favorite things are history and baseball. There you go. You know, I do love to get to know people and hear their story, not just the traditional history stuff. I love that too. But you know, people's history. and baseball, and um, this was another baseball connection. Yeah. So, um, you know, now we're going back to Duquesne. We're probably in the summer of 94, 3, 4, somewhere in there. Um, my youngest brother, I'm the oldest of four, my youngest brother, Matt, is playing for a team, Colt League team, out of Johnstown. It's pretty good. My next brother down, Don, um, who uh, actually lives in Cranberry here now, um, he's helping to coach this team, and then I'm still playing. So I'm home in the summer just kind of here and there. I was playing summer ball still, and I just go help out with the team, right, just to be around the guys. So uh, some of them I know because they're, you know, friends of the family, neighborhood kids. Some of them I'm just getting to know. I'm throwing some batting practice. Some, you know, kids would ask me questions, um, you know, because they're in high school ball at this time. They're 15, 16 years old, and I'm about 20, right, somewhere in there. So, um, you know, uh, one of the kids uh, was Joe Valentine, and he was a catcher. He went to a neighboring high school, uh, Ferndale, um, in Johnstown. And, um, you know, just a cerebral kid. And he would ask a lot of questions, the swing stuff, approach stuff. Um, and, I, you know, I just – it's one of those people – you know some of those people, you just meet them and you just remember them. Like sure. forever, right? So now, so, you know, I meet them. I'm throwing batting practice, hanging out with the guys. I go to the games that I can go to. Obviously, I'm, you know, have other things going on, so I can't go to the mall. But, um, you know, now we moved to 2013, I believe it was. And I get a call from this guy named Joel Valentine. And he's a CPA in Johnstown at a firm called Wesleyan Company. Mm. And he wonders if we could have a cup of coffee. He's in the Pittsburgh area. Looked me up. Uh, didn't realize I was in the industry, too, now. Um, can we have, you know, just a short meeting. Nothing big. You know, it's just I got this this uh, guy with me named Mike Lamb. Um also a Wessel guy where, you know, we're, you know, coming up in the firm, love to just pick your brain, see what's going on, see where you are in life. Great. Awesome. Love it. Love to sit down with you. Love to catch up with you. Life, family, all that good stuff. See where you are today. So we stayed in touch then from 2013 and, uh, you know, on just periodic calls, emails, 
um, hey, I might need help with this. I think it's a service you guys offer that I don't. Okay, great. Um, you know, just very cordial. Always pick up the phone. Uh, talk to him about baseball, sometimes about nothingness. Sometimes it was a technical accounting issue. And um, around 2017-18, Joel Valentine, because, you know, I mentioned the intellect in baseball. Well, that's the same in in uh, the accounting world. He, he's a smart young guy and rising fast. Wessel um, has a transition plan, and he becomes the CEO. So we continued talking, you know, what are my future plans? I said, well, you know, we're growing really fast. And uh, we added a third office in the Beaver area. Um, we, we've got to figure something out because, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little thin. Like I'm, I'm, you know, running here, running there, running there. Thankfully with technology, I could pull it all off, but I literally at some points had to be in three places at once. And, um, you know, Joel said, well, you know, we really want to come West and expand our firm. At the time they had three offices, Johnstown, Evansburg and Bedford. Uh, we really want to come West and it seems like you need some help. Um, why don't we join forces? Joe, I gave it a lot of thought, and in late 2018, we started negotiating how this could work, you know, and um, got great advice from my Uncle Ed. He said, you know, he's he's in the M&A world. Um, I said, how's this work? What should I look out for? Uh, how do I know this is the right fit? You know, I'm just, I, I like the idea, but I'm also, you know, also I think part of my Italian heritage is that. Think about everything that can go wrong. Right? It's like a, a little bit of hidden paranoia oh, yeah. in people, right? No uh, and, and, and full disclaimer, I'm, I'm only half uh, Italian, so, uh, you know, I was, but I still inherited that, you know, that worry piece. Oh, yeah. So uh, I call him, I, you know, I need some advice. And he said, I, I, you know, ironically, we keep circling around on the same topic. You got to go spend some time with them and not just in the office and not just talking about accounting, you know, go golfing with them. Uh, if they like to go, you know, do whatever, go do it with them. Just learn who they are as core people. And that's going to tell you how they operate in business and whether you will mesh with them because they may be really successful. And if you don't like them, you're not going to mesh. If you don't, you know, find common ground on things outside of work, the work part's going to be really hard to make happen, right, and be successful. And I thought that was really good advice. And we did um, golf with some of the guys uh, you know, spent some time with some of the um, other partners, male and female. Uh, they have a good mix there. Um, so I, I really liked them, and I liked their leadership style, and I liked how Joel wasn't a dictator. He was very much of a roundtable leader. Uh, I thought that meshed well with how I lead and how I feel like a team should run. I feel like everyone should have sort of a seat at the table, regardless of your title. And, you know, as we just kept going through things, it just kept, you know, further pointing to this could really work. They could have a Western front, which is what they wanted. I could have their additional services and back support, uh, which, you know, they had plenty of, and um, we decided to go for it. Uh, so we went through the process, all the, the legal work that took about, I would say a good six or so months um, mm. from the be beginning of, yes, we're going to do this to, and then we agreed to merge in, you know, the summer of 2020. So, you know, in accounting firms, we tend to slow down a little in the summer. So that would give us time to, you know, get our technologies together, merge the, the data, get the employees trained on both everyone's who's doing what, where, uh, you know, and then the pandemic hit. And I remember getting a call from uh, Joel, the, the 
day that it was announced that the world was kind of closing down um, and he said, what do you want to do here? We're pretty close. I said, well, I think we're, um, I think we're in a good spot and I think um, we're going to, this, this thing, we don't know where it's going. We don't even know what it is. Um, we're we're going to fix it and somehow come through it. And I think we just keep going. And so we did. So in 2020, we merged. It's now been, you know, we're just coming on our, past our third year anniversary. Um, and it's been good. And I think there's been, you know, what I always thought, uh, you know, it was that there would be a real synergy. They were offering services that we didn't. Um, and they had people we could utilize to help us with our, you know, growing client base. And um, it just, is, it's been a, you know, it's been a good merger. It's been um, fruitful in terms of, of the people that I, you know, now get to work with an expanded group of people, which I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, and we, we continue to grow as a firm. So, you know, we're, we're pretty much, I would like to say knock on wood, win-win right now. You know, you've said something quite a few times today about business role models and they have had so, I've had so many, uh, some personal, some virtual uh, that I've read and studied. And uh, how it seems like that you've already answered the question, how important they have been to you. But how about some ones that you haven't met, uh, that you, maybe you just studied? What, wh- who were they, if you had any at all? That I have not met? Yeah, that, you know, like you studied or, or just kind of followed their careers. Well, you know, I, um, I, I, I would say probably um, like John Maxwell writes great business books mm-hmm. about leadership about uh finding your talents that would be one that i would put up uh i would put up really high up on the list Mm -hmm. um you know there are some others that um you know uh i don't know if you've heard of marcus buckingham also a great writer that um tends to you know say like you know let's not let your let's not let what didn't happen bring you down let's not focus on you know, maybe like we we're talking about the strikeout, right? Let's let's focus on what could be. Let's focus on the opportunity in front of us. Uh, those would be two people I would love to meet, uh, based on what they've written and you know what I've observed of them. Of course, from a distance online and in writing, uh, those would be two people that I would say they really have like an interesting perspective on the world, right? Okay. Like in terms of um, in terms of Maxwell, you know, like. Basically, it's like you can't be a leader like once in a while or you can't really like turn it on and turn it off. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's a lifestyle, right? Like you you lead. If you want to be a servant leader, then do it all the time. Do it at home. Do it at work. Do it in the community. Do it when you're, you know, walking down the aisle at Lowe's and somebody can't pick something up. <laughs> like, you know, just take initiative, right? Sure. And, and, you know, and then, you know, with the other, with Buckingham, it's kind of like, you got to focus forward. You can't, you can't say, you know, woe is me. Uh, maybe you can reflect for a minute. You know, you can say, you can be mad. You can be, you know, kind of like shucks that, that, that didn't happen. Uh, I really wish it would have, but in, in, in some plan, in God's plan, it wasn't meant to be. So focus forward and keep your eyes forward because there's going to be another opportunity, right? And that, that piece wasn't for you. Now it's, you know, what was, you got to go find it. Um, so, I really like their message and I think it really resonated with me and kind of blended with how I already practiced leadership and business, you know, if you will. Next for you and your business. Wow. I, you know, I would love to get back to, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a, 
a grind, and, and I mean that in a good way. It's been, um, you know, we've had a lot of growth. We've had, you know, the merger. We've had the pandemic. We've had pandemic programs that we've had to na- help our clients navigate through. Um, you know, as I said, I'm almost 50. I'm going to have two kids in college next year. I mentioned Sam's at University of South Carolina. Joey's going to Seton Hall in New Jersey. He's going to play ball. Um, you know, uh, Ella's in high school. My daughter, she's 16. Uh, she's starting to drive. That's, that's you know, that's going to be fun. That's going to be interesting from what I've witnessed so far. She thinks she's really good. And I told her, you know, my wisdom to her after she told me she was really good. I said, well, let's not be overconfident. Right, right. It might be your demise. I said, I, she said, who said that? I said, I think Yoda in some capacity, but I can't do that backwards. I can't do that backwards Yoda. talking thing that he does. So, <laughs> so. Um, no, but it's all fun, and I think what's next for me is, um, you know, I I've hopefully have come to a position now, I'd, again, like to refocus on the pieces of my job that I really love, and I'd really like to, you know, delve into business development, um, coaching people. Um, you know, we've talked at Wessel about, you know, building out a, a business development niche and training some of our younger folks to, you know, you know integrate themselves, not only, you know, sometimes – people come in and they're just doing the work in front of them. Like, you know, let's, you know, focus on your leadership. Can we, can we coach them up? And that's, that's kind of my vision. It's sort of like now I'm, you know, probably too old to coach baseball. I still do throw me in batting practice. So I will tell you that. <laughs> come that to is, CMU, we can use undeniable. you. I can't that throw is. anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, but, uh... So anyway, um, but yeah, so I would like to focus on, you know, some of those areas, maybe not coaching baseball anymore, but maybe coaching people, you sure. know, so. That's great. I think well, you I would... can, you know, I still can maintain my own role in our in our company and and kind of add that that piece, which I really enjoy on. Sure. Um, so I think that's where I'm going, and I think that's what's next for me. And real quick, how can people get in touch with Wessel and Company? Oh, great question. Yeah, we have a great website, a lot of information on there. It's Wessel W E S S E L C P A dot com. Uh, if they ever wanted to reach out to me and have a conversation, I would love to hear. From anyone on any topic, uh, office phone is 724-741-1030. Shoot me an email. My first initial last name, D-P-E-R-R-Y, at westlcpa.com. I'd love to start a conversation. If you have a question or you want to chat about something, um, I'd love to hear from you, whoever you are. Dom, again, I'm so proud of you. Not surprised any of your accomplishments, and you're not done yet. I always appreciate your means kindness. A lot, coach. Means well, a lot. You mean a lot, and and like I said, I'm I'm I've always appreciated how you were with me uh, on the field and off. And I look forward to seeing you Wednesday. And again, I, there's not enough good things to say about you, and and I appreciate you, and oh, I thanks. wish you continued success. Well, of course, the feelings mutual. Uh, the kind words, especially coming from you so well respected in our community and everywhere um, means a lot to me. So I appreciate it. I appreciated everything you did as you came for me being the, you know, 17 year old guy dropped off with a duffel bag. Uh, we had a family there and it's, it's really nice to see, you know, uh, real quick, some of those guys, you know, pop in and out at games, they're scouting, some of them are coaching sure. and it's, it's just like we're 18 years old again. The conversation goes right back right, to right. this bus trip, this place. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's very special. I was lucky. Well, Dom, thank you. Look forward yeah. to seeing you Wednesday, brother. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank Peace you. Bye bye.
Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Dom, as I said, is a great guy. Definitely check him out. He, you, you bet on the jockey, not the horse. Bet on him, and he'll, he'll take care of you. So, um, as always, we want to thank our great sponsors. We want to thank Joe Hale, the best producer out there. Steve Mancini, looking forward to having you back. Dom Perry, thank you. Thank you to our great listeners. We appreciate you very much. And as always, thank you, Linda, Ida, and Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon.